Good morning, sisters and brothers. It's Charlie. Looking forward to spending some good time in the Word today. Everybody get enough meatloaf? If you got some good meatloaf, say amen. Yes, amen. Good, still eating it. Y'all keep uh, Keith and Jamie in your prayers. They'll be back with us uh, next week. They've had some good, uh, good time off being away somewhere in the tropics, I think. So hopefully they'll come back rested, relaxed, and revived. Uh, I appreciate your prayers for me. I missed uh, this this past week. I had some surgery on the on the back of my head, uh, and thankfully it came back with no cancer. Praise God. I'm thankful for that. So appreciate, appreciate the prayers over that. I really loved uh, Jesse sharing last week from uh, Matthew 20. I hope you got to hear that message. It was very, very good. So I'm looking forward to just sharing some good news. We're going to try to get you out of here before the rain uh, starts today. I'm thankful the rain's holding off. Amen. So let's pray, and then we'll jump into the Word of God. Will you pray with me? God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. What a joy it is to be together this morning. I thank you for every heart that's here, every person that can hear my voice. What a joy it is to be your church, your people. And I thank you for the provision that you've given already today with the good food. And pray that we would receive that as a gift from you. We know, God, that you see us, that you love us, that we are not forgotten. And we thank you for that. I thank you for uh, just the joy of, of being together. So I pray as we get into the word today that you would speak, that your words would be used for your glory. And I pray that we'll listen, that we'll have ears to hear, and that we'll follow you uh, and, and your truth and your teachings. And, and we know that you love us. and We feel about it while we're together today. So just help us as we jump into the Word. Thank you for holding off the rain. We pray that you would just for the next few minutes. And uh, it's just good to be together. So we love you. We praise you. May all of God's people say together, Amen. Amen. So I want to start today with just a question. Uh, how do you know the Bible is true? How do you know the Bible is true? Well, you could answer that in a lot of different ways. A lot of people a lot smarter than me could probably put an answer uh, to that question together very easily, but one of the things that really strikes me about the Bible is when you read over the, the history of God's people in the Bible, the Bible doesn't sugarcoat that many of the greatest people of God made mistakes, made a lot of mistakes, had failings, had failures. Now, if you were going to write a history and you wanted to put best foot forward, you would probably tend to minimize or maybe not even list those mistakes, right? You'd want it to be kind of rose-colored. you want it to look good. you want everybody to be happy and smiling. Well, that, that, that's just not what the Bible says. Uh, the Bible says that even the greatest people of God had some dramatic, terrible, I mean, uh, unbelievable failings. Yet, God loved them, and God used them. So I'm going to guess that along with me, that you've probably got some failures and failings in your life. I, I, I've got plenty, right? <laughs> but I know that God loves me, and he's not done using me. And I feel like that's the same truth for you. So I'm going to just look at one character uh, from the Bible today that I think maybe maybe more than others shows the truth of God's love and 
how he keeps his promises even through dramatic failings. And this person is listed in Hebrews chapter 11. Remember, we've been going through Hebrews chapter 11, which is all the people that lived by faith, that walked by faith. Some people call it the hall of fame of faith in the, in the New Testament. And it reflects on a lot of people that were talked about in the Old Testament. And one of those people was Samson. All right. It's listed in Hebrews chapter 11. He is listed as one of those people in the hall of fame of faith. Now, you can find Samson's story in the Old Testament book of Judges. So if you know your Old Testament, you got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the, the law, then Joshua, who was a great leader of God's people after Moses. Then we come to Judges. It's uh, a book that lists a lot of people that were used by God, even though they had a lot of failings. And like I said, Samson may be number one on that list. Now, a lot of times you and I today, when we hear the word judge, what do we think of? Well, we think of somebody in a court, you know, uh, uh, giving out a decree or saying, hey, this person's innocent or guilty. That's kind of what we think of. Well, in the Old Testament, the word judge and the people that God used in the book of Judges, they were deliverers of God's people. So there's a cycle that you see after the leadership of Joshua and Moses in the Old Testament where the people of Israel, they look at the culture around them and they get kind of sucked into what the, the culture is doing. The gods that they follow, little g gods that they follow, the, the rituals that they have, the things that they do, and, that, and they turn away from God, right? So typically when that happens, oppression comes in some way, shape, or form. It could be people that are oppressing through, through military conquest. It could be a lot of different things. But then the people, once they're oppressed, once they've left God, they cry out. They say, hey, God, help me. Don't, don't forget me. We're your people. We're the people of Israel. And God, true to his promises, doesn't forget them. He rises up a judge or a deliverer. So in the uh, Old Testament book of Judges, there's 12 different people that serve in that capacity, men and women that were deliverers that typically would bring the word of the Lord to the people to tell them, hey, we've got to get back to following God and not just the culture around us and the, and the little you know, gods of the culture around us. They would do that. They would do that for a season and then the cycle would start all over again. So even in that story, we see the patience of God, the love of God, that even though you as a people turn away from me, I don't forget my promises that I made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't forget that I said that I would be your God, that I would help you, and that I would lead you through that. And at least 12 times in the book of Judges, that happens. So one of the judges that God uses is, is Samson. Now we learn that his birth is a little similar to Jesus in the New Testament. Uh, a lady was uh, visited by an angel, and she said, even though she had never had a child before, that she would become pregnant with, with her husband and they would have a child. The angel told the, uh, Samson's mother this. And to their credit, his mother and father uh, asked this angel, you know, how do we make sure that we do our part in raising this man as a man of yours? And so what the angel told them is he's never... Uh, he's never to have anything fermented to drink, like no, no grape juice, no alcohol, anything like that. That was one thing. And then the second thing is they were never to cut his hair. He was supposed to be a Nazarite, and he was always supposed to have hair that is never cut. Why that is, I don't know, but that's just what the angel said. So 
we see in Samson's life that he that he was born. His parents did just what he said. He was a man of God, and God raised him up to be a deliverer for his people. Now, Samson had an issue that all of us struggle with at some point in the other, or you know, or, or the other time he had an issue as a man with women. <laughs> okay, so we learn at the very beginning of his life he's an Israelite. And he wants to go marry a Philistine who's not an Israelite. God had said the way that it's best is if, you know, you marry another Israelite. Well, he didn't want to do that. He went and married a Philistine. And all through his life, that set up conflict over and over and over again. Conflict, conflict, conflict over and over and over again. And so in Samson's fights or disagreements with the Philistines, he was very strong. God kept his promises. They said, as long as you don't cut his hair, he's going to have great strength. He was able to kill a lion with his bare hands. He was able to do amazing things as far as being a warrior for God in, in that time. Well, we come to the story in Judges 16, where Samson, who the Bible is very clear about, has an issue with women. Not only does he uh, you know, marry the wrong person according to what God had said, but uh, he, he visits prostitutes. He, he uh, runs into one and one that belongs to the Philistines. And you're not going to believe this, but if you read Judges 16, I'll just try to summarize it for you. Basically, she tries to ask him, what's the source of your strength? Why are you so strong? Well, the first time she does this, Samson says, well, if you tie me, you know, tie my hands with these ropes, um, I'll lose my strength. Well, the next morning, all of the Philistines, all of the leaders, everybody, they come and see him with these things tied. He breaks the, the ties, because that's not the source of his strength, kills some people, and the story moves on. So you would think Samson, if he was somewhat intelligent, might have thought, well, that may not be the best idea to tell the source of my strength to this woman. Her name was Delilah, it says in Judges 16. Might not be a good idea. Well, the story continues the second time. They said, you got to just tie me with ropes that have never been used before. The same thing happens again. Then the third time, they said, if you braid my hair a certain way, it'll it'll not be the source of strength. And so, I mean, it's not just once, not just twice. Three times this happens. The same thing happens every time. Samson breaks out of it and he kills whoever's trying to, you know, uh, to, you know, to, to mess with. So once again, you would think one strike, two strikes, three strikes. Well, the Bible says in Judges 16 that Delilah just kept nagging and kept on and on. And, and finally, he tells her, I, I, if you cut my hair, I'll lose my strength. What do you think happens? They cut his hair. He loses his strength. They gouge his eyes out for the rest of his life. He's in captivity. So you would think after all of those things, right? After everything that's happened, somebody that blatantly, you know, knows what he's walking into. I mean, it's not like it only happened once. It happened twice, three times. Now the fourth time, you know, he, he has this issue. He has this problem. I don't know if it was just lack of intelligence. Sometimes us guys, we're not too smart. Amen. You know, sometimes it just doesn't get through our You know, to, 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 to make better choices, to be, you know, make better decisions. So, uh, you would think that after all of that, God would probably be frustrated with him, right? God would probably say, I'm not going to use you anymore. You, I mean, it's not just one time that you messed up. Oh, you, I mean, you're messing up with the same person, with the same issue, with the same thing. 
So let me ask you this. How many of us mess up, mess up with the same issue, the same thing? We've got something that just keeps on, right? So it keeps on keeping on. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we're not that different. I mean, I know we like to maybe try to think, well, you know, he's not that bright. Well, I mean, I have to look at myself. Think there's things that, you know, I, I, I didn't learn the lesson. The same thing happens over and over again. Well, you would think, you know, that, that God would say, okay, I gave, I gave you every chance and you still messed up. Well, think about the story of Samson at the end of it. I want you at some point today to read Judges 16. And even though his eyes are gouged out, even though he's made mistake after mistake after mistake, problem after problem after problem after issue after issue after issue, you might think the Philistines weren't that smart because they let his hair grow back, right? And you know, you probably know the end of the story. Samson says, just put me up against some pillars. They're all making fun of him. They're there partying. He pushes the pillars down. He kills more Philistines at his death than he did at his life. Now, here's the question I have about that. What does that say about God? What does that say about God who answers the prayer of a perpetual messer-upper? I don't know what that is in the Latin or the Greek. Uh, somebody that messes up over and over and over again. He, he had his promise that, you know, if your hair grows, you will have strength. And at the end of his life, after mistake, after mistake, after mistake, after mistake, mistake, problem, issue, challenge, sin, he actually answered Samson's prayer. How, how could that be? Well, the only thing I can learn from that is this. Our God is patient. In the Old Testament, there's a great word. I know we don't use the word a lot today, but long-suffering. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that describe God very well? Uh, time after time, mistake after mistake. And so I've got to look at that story and I've got to say, uh, I am not too far gone. Uh, even in my sin struggles, even in my sin mistakes, even in my unintelligent moments, even in my things that I just, you know, in my life I struggle with, God is present. He remembers his promises and he's patient. So the truth about you today is that if you follow Jesus, you are God's. He sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. And you may think, I'm here this morning after I've made a mistake this past week. Another mistake, another mistake, another mistake, another mistake. There is no way God can love me. There is no way that God sees me. And yes, our sins, the sin choices that we make lead to death. That's what they lead to. The way of God leads to life. Okay? But instead of looking at our lives like, you know, we've got a starting point here. And then we become a Christian and we just kind of try to maintain our Christianity. That's okay. I think it's it, it's more like a compass, right? We're going to have where if God is the true north, we're going to have times where we're, we're missing the mark of that, right? I mean, but, but it, it is the desire of my heart, is the love of my heart always trying to get back to my true north. And every time it is, God listens, God cares, and he is patient, he is loving, he is forgiving. He does not forget his promises. He does not forget you. So my admonition to me and to you today is, like Samson, call upon God. Walk with him. He does not forget you. He will not leave you or forsake you. He is patient. He is forgiving. He is loving in our mistakes, in our problems, in our challenges, and our issues. 
the Bible is still, it says it's in the Hall of Fame. Like he, he, he's in the greatest, you know, chapter one, some might say, of the New Testament. He's listed there, even though he made mistake after mistake after mistake. So that speaks to me. And that shows me that the character of God, the heart of God, the love of God, the patience of God, it's got to be true. Why else would that be in the Bible? Why else would they tell, would, would the historians tell a story of it? somebody that just messes up over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, yet he's in the, in the Hall of Fame. It shows the power of God, the work of God, the love of God, and the patience of God. Amen? So do we believe that today? Do I, do I believe that? Am I orienting my life around that truth? Am I headed for my true north of of God? And in my mistakes, do I cry out to him for forgiveness? If I do, he is there. Do I cry out to him for grace? If I do, he is there. I think we may have a flower truck coming. I don't want to hold up the business. I'm thankful for uh, our friends here. And we'll pray and then we'll pass out some supplies. All right, let's pray. Uh, God, thank you for today. Thank you for the truth of the story of Samson. We thank you for your love, for your grace, for your forgiveness. And God, we want to orient our lives around you, even in our failings, even in our mistakes. God, we know that sin leads to death, but I pray that sin will not be the defining factor of our lives. God, we know and we believe in your grace, your forgiveness, and your patience, your love. And we receive that today, even in our failings, even in our faults. God, I pray that if no one has accepted Jesus, if no one has said yes to you, that today would be the day that that begins. And I pray that you would use your church, your people, your presence to bring your truth to your people. God, I know this week I need to walk in the truth of who you are. I need to orient my life to the true north, to, to God. I know it's not just a start and a finish. It's the orientation of my life, and I want to do that. I thank you for all of my friends here today. I pray that as we pass out supplies, that we'll receive these as gifts and blessings from you. I pray that your power, that your Holy Spirit power, the same power that Samson had because he was strong in the spirit of the Lord, that that will be evident this week as we fight our enemy, as we fight the devil. God, we know he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But we pray that this day, that today, that he will not devour us. Even though we fall, even though we fail, we love you and we are yours. So we ask all of this in Jesus' name. May all of God's people say together, Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.